Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. Climate change has been in the headlines a lot lately, but what would it mean for us here in Michigan, home of the Great Lakes and many natural other treasures? We don't get the kind of hugely destructive weather events and natural disasters here that we see on the news more and more frequently. But that doesn't mean we're immune from the effects of climate change, not by a long shot. Senator Debbie Stabenow, a Democrat from here in Michigan, is releasing a new climate report today that is focused on Michigan, and she joins us now to talk about it. Senator Stabenow, welcome back to Detroit Today. Well, thanks, Stephen. I'm so glad to be able to be with you today. And uh, you're right. We, um, unfortunately, in Michigan, uh, as in every other part of the country and actually in the world, are affected by uh, years and years, decades of carbon pollution, and uh, we're seeing the effects, unfortunately, even uh, more than other areas, uh, as we're finding out with more and more studies being released that actually in the Great Lakes region that we're seeing warming and volatile uh, storms and so on, actually more than other places in the country. Yeah. So so talk to us about this report, uh, what it says, uh, and what you hope to have it inspire. Well, I, my hope that um, by bringing together a lot of information and boiling it down to the real impacts for us in Michigan, that we can really not only uh, come together around the fact that that the climate crisis is real, that we've had about 100 years of carbon pollution, and uh, uh, we've, we've benefited by the Industrial Revolution, we've benefited by uh, a whole range of things related to fossil fuel use, but it's catching up with us. It has already caught up to us in terms of the pollution created, and we've got to uh, address it in a serious way for our kids and grandkids. And uh, the bad news is that, in fact, Every county in Michigan has seen uh, an increase in, in average warmth and weather in the last 30 years. That the last 25 years, the Great Lakes are warming, and uh, Lake Superior is actually warming faster than any other uh, Great Lake, and it's uh, raising a whole range of issues around fishing and so on, and how this is going to impact uh, our outdoor way of life and our economy and so on. Uh, and that's the bad news. The good news is that Michigan is poised to really lead the solutions. And so this is a report that both lays out why we should care about this from public health standpoint, more ticks, more diseases, uh, more allergy season, you know, what's happening on the storms back and forth. We've seen it from super cold to super hot and, and all the destruction and damage. At the same time, the good news is that we are number one in the Midwest on clean energy jobs created mm -hmm. by making the new kinds of technologies, not only automobiles, not only electric vehicles and the hydrogen fuel cells, but all of the new fuel economy efforts that have gone on to make a cleaner combustion engine. We're leading that in Michigan. The jobs from our suppliers are creating 70,000 jobs in Michigan from clean energy technology, and we're actually the third uh, best metropolitan area in Detroit region for new patents, new ideas. Mm. So between that and the new things that, that uh, agriculture is really leaning into, how do you keep carbon in the soil? You know, one of the best ways to 
take uh, uh, to stop carbon pollution is to plant a tree. And that may sound pretty simplistic, but there's carbon in trees. And the more we have greeneries and trees and, you know, uh, agricultural practices that are keeping carbon in the soil, we're tackling what's happening to us in the weather. So this is a report about about all of that. Agriculture, clean manufacturing, energy efficiency. And the good news is that in Michigan, uh, we're actually leading in a number of fronts. We just need to be serious and come together and do more of it. So, so what hope do you have uh, given the leadership in the Senate, for instance, um, that uh, these the kind of things can be tackled in a, in a reasonable way. I mean, we see so much bogged down in Washington right now right. because you've got split government in the Congress. Uh, is there hope that reports like this might dislodge some of that? Well, we're going to have to address this for all of us together. Um, uh, and they... In the short run, uh, I don't see anything uh, coming out of the United States Senate in the next year that is going to be what I believe we need to do to, to, to focus and move forward. But I did see uh, in the, the farm bill we passed last December, uh, one of the last big uh, bipartisan efforts, actually, that we've done in the Senate recently, um, we actually had the most climate-smart policies ever uh, in terms of agriculture and forestry and, and renewable energy and so on. So we've got some things in place. I just met yesterday with uh, farmers in uh, northwest Michigan, our cherry growers and others, about what they're doing. They get this, by the way. They're at the front of all of this in terms of early frost uh, or early warmth, freezes, wiping out crops, um, all the uh, the front end of the weather changes. Um, they certainly don't need to be... Um, convinced that uh, that we have uh, a climate crisis and, and that carbon pollution is real. Uh, but we are hoping, what I am hoping, is that we can, first of all, just all agree that we've got to tackle this. And then in the meantime, until we can get the U.S. Senate and, and the, the White House to act, the House has acted. The, the new Democratic majority in the House has acted. Mm-hmm. They've sent us important legislation. Unfortunately, it's, it's not going to be acted upon in the Senate, I don't think, under Mitch McConnell's leadership. Uh, but here's the good news. Our businesses are leaning in. You know, there are utilities in Michigan, DTE and consumers, are leading the efforts among utility companies in terms of ambitious goals for reducing pollution and carbon emissions. We're seeing more come from local communities across the state that are doing important things around energy efficiency uh, that that all add up. These are all very, very important things. And we can do things ourselves and in terms of uh, the vehicles we drive, how we uh, operate our own uh, personal lives in terms of recycling, um, how we come together and say we want this to be a priority for uh, the country and the world. I wish we'd you know, didn't have to say there's a climate crisis, but that's the reality. That is the reality, regardless of how much uh, the oil and gas industry continues to fight it, because I know it's a threat to them mm-hmm. and their businesses, and they've been fighting it for decades. But the proof is right in front of our face. And, you know, as a mom uh, now of an adult daughter and son who now have children, my little grandchildren, um, 
we have a responsibility to, you know, get this right. Mm. And the good news is we can create jobs while doing it. And that's the important part of the message. This is not all gloom and doom. Mm. It's a serious issue. We've faced this before. Uh, back in the, the 70s and 80s, remember acid rain and sure. mercury concerns and so on? And the, and the ozone layer being a uh, hole being burned in the ozone layer. And uh, we came together and did certain things, certain policies, and worked with other countries around the world. And that ozone hole that was burning open is now closing because of things that were done because we understood the science, we were practical, rather than playing politics with it. We just said, okay, what do we have to do? And that's where we have to be on this. Yeah. We have to be serious uh, and, uh, and do the things we need to do to to slow down carbon pollution and hopefully in the long run stop it. So, and that's just, that's something that we can do. We're innovators in Michigan. And, uh, you know, from the vehicles we drive to the way we get our electricity to the fact that um, all these new things being built, you know, uh, people look at a wind turbine and think about electricity. And I look at one of those great big wind turbines, and I see 8,000 parts, and we can manufacture every one of those in Michigan. Yeah. So uh, it's Senator, a challenge, you know. Yeah, Senator, I know you you need to run, but uh, I, I want to make sure that I ask you about the extraordinary things that we seem to be learning every day uh, in this impeachment inquiry that is taking place in the House of Representatives. Overnight, yeah. uh, we, we had a number of text exchanges uh, released between some of the top diplomats to Ukraine that seemed to reinforce the things that we learned last week from the whistleblower complaint and from the transcript of the call that uh, President Trump had with the leader of Ukraine. I, I, I want to get your reaction to that, but I also want to hear what you are hearing from Republican colleagues in the Senate about this. What are they saying uh, if you're if you're having conversations with them about the things that we're seeing, well, Stephen, first of all, um, this is very real. It's right in front of our face. Um, this is not anything that I'm joyful about at all. To um, have our uh, president devising what the diplomats said yesterday were crazy schemes to uh, uh, further you know political interests at the expense of our reputation in the world, military aid to another country, that Ukraine, with a, a brand-new president who is fighting for the life of his country against Russia. And um, we have, uh, and one of the things we've come together on in a bipartisan basis in the Senate has been our support for the Ukraine and providing military aid to them. And to now find out that for months this back-and-forth was going on, they didn't get the aid that we approved and voted on, and instead, they, it was being held over their head to do something that was uh, to further uh, the president's uh, uh, political agenda in terms of the next election. And that's an abuse of power, and it's just plain wrong. Uh, it's also a violation of the Constitution. So um, my Republican colleagues, honestly, are saying nothing. I mean, they what can they say? I mean, it's right in front of our face. Uh, the Ukrainian ambassador was removed because she wasn't going along with it. I mean, it's just right there. The president has now admitted he did that. And I think his strategy is to somehow say that, yes, he did all these things, but there's nothing wrong with that, which is not true. And everybody knows that. Um, and so this is this is a serious moment for the country. And it's 
why the founders put in place checks and balances, you know, three branches of government and the, and the requirement that we have checks and balances when we have a, um, a president that goes rogue in his thinking of self-interest rather than what's in the country's interest. Hmm. Uh, do you have any confidence that if the House were to uh, produce articles of impeachment uh, and vote on those articles and pass them, that, that we would see Leader McConnell uh, uh, conduct a trial in the Senate, which would be the, the, the next step? Uh, is that something that you think we can we can count on in terms of the process, which which shouldn't be political or partisan. I mean, that, that, that's outlined in the Constitution. Well, first of all, we know that the process requires the uh, leader in the Senate to move forward uh, in some way. It does. You can't just ignore it. So you know, they have to move forward in some way. Um, I'm an eternal optimist, and uh, I certainly hope that when... Uh, you know, as all the evidence is compiled, and it's very clear, there's not, nothing nuanced about this. It's very clear um, that um, that colleagues will put country above party. I think that's our, the responsibility of all of us. And uh, so we'll see. You know, I really have no idea, but um, I do know that uh, it's uh, critically important that uh, these actions not go unchecked. And uh, it, it is clear abuse of power. Okay. Debbie Stabenow, Democratic senator from here in the state of Michigan. Always great to have you with us on Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Good Thank to you. talk to you. Yeah. Up next, we're going to talk to the people behind some businesses here in Detroit that are owned by their own workers. A really different approach to the economic resurgence here in the city. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Thank you.